Hi, everybody. This is Renee. And this is Kim from Round Trip. So if you love travel as much as we love travel, you should listen to the Round Trip podcast on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Or check us out on iTunes at Round Trip with Renee and Kim. The tale of Craig's mom's bush and the night that it saved us from drones. Nobody knew the power it had, they just thought it was shaggy and gross. Craig's mom lived a life of shame and despair. Everyone feared her great giant bush. But then when the drones were filling the sky, she unfurled a bush and she used it to fly. Craig's mom's bush, Craig's mom's bush, gargantuan thicket of madness. Bigger than earth and denser in gold, truly a magical bush to behold. Shave it real quick and shave it real fast. Welcome to the Powerful Nerdcast. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Powerful Nerdcast. I... I'm Corey, and joined with me as always is Christian! Hello, Internet! That wow, Corey. Powerful, powerful intro for the Powerful Nerdcast. Yes, I think it's it's a song that everyone needs to hear. It sounds like a Christmas song, almost. Almost, you know, more of like a, a minstrel, kind of medieval feel to it. Of course, I'm referencing a classic episode of South Park. Did you say minstrel? Uh, minstrel. Maybe minstrel. <laughs> Maybe, you know what? I, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> A minstrel classic. Yes, everyone. Follow the little drips of blood. All right. Now, we have a very special podcast for you guys today because we are like just a mere 48 hours away from the big release of the next big epic arc in Dragon Ball Super. It's something that a lot of people have been talking about. Everybody's just got speculation about these brand new characters, the fighters, the gods of destruction, and we're totally going to go through that today. We're also going to discuss a brand new video game, which has just completely blown my mind in the last week, and that is Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which I've spent a lot of time with. I'm about to pass the game on to Christian, and I'm going to give him some tips and some warnings, and uh, some tips to you guys as well if you want to decide to dive into this absolutely horrific video game. We also have a couple other off-the-cuff topics that we will get to, but uh, I think let's just go ahead and start with the meat and potatoes of this podcast, which is the Dragon Ball Super Universe Survival Arc. Now, we didn't know much about this arc before. It was just basically going to be like a big tournament between all of the major universes in the Dragon Ball series, which is to say we're going to see some returning characters like Frost and Cabe, and then we're also going to start seeing some new characters, such as ones that were revealed in a brand new trailer for Dragon Ball Super, such as this weird ninja wolfman that Goku is fighting, or even a almost female-looking Majin Buu character that Vegeta's going to be throwing down with. And, of course, the one that everyone's been talking about, the female Super Saiyan, who has a very strong resemblance to Broly, but really, I think it's the gods of destruction who just completely take the cake on this one, and man, some of these are just weird, so let's just get some first impressions down. Christian, what do you think of the reveal of some of these gods of destruction? So again, my favorite has got to be the clown. Yeah. He's great. (laughs) The elephant is very interesting. There's like a fuzzy one, like Cousin It from uh, Adam's family. Yeah, a lot of people compare him to this character from Yu-Gi-Oh, which is called the Karibo. The Karibo? Yeah, it basically looks exactly like that, just like a big bushy thing with eyes. That's about it. 
I also saw going back to the bush for a second. The clown people are either saying it's a Harley Quinn Joker reference mm-hmm. or it's a buggy reference. I mean, those are definitely the obvious ones. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even like see the whole Joker Harley Quinn thing until someone mentioned it, but I can totally see it now. And it's something I can't unsee. Um, yes. It, you know, it obviously obvious. you got a clown and then you got the, the female with the, uh, the pigtails. Hmm. We also have the shrouded in shadow secrecy god of destruction. Yeah. You know, which who, who is who may or may not even be a god of destruction. My theory is he's actually just like his prized fighter. Oh, you think so? Yeah, like this is a, the, the clown god of destruction's. Uh, like this is going to be like his Goku, basically. Okay, that, that, that that's very uh, a good possibility, actually, mm-hmm. for sure. And there's just so much speculation because a few of these guys are still kind of hard to see. Yeah, a lot of them are, are very difficult. And uh, if you if this is something that you're kind of like curious about, you know, you can see the trailer for it. And you can Google image a lot of this. But a lot of the stuff on Google images is not the actual gods of destruction. It's like a lot of fan made stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But, so. uh, but I do have, uh, you know, some pictures up right now. In fact, if you just go to like the Dragon Ball wiki. Uh, it's pretty easy to see like a compiled list of all of them. And some of them are still fairly obscured. We just don't really know what they're going to be. Uh, but they definitely give us a really great look at these characters. I think the other thing I'm excited about to see is, are they just super powerful dudes? Or, or do they have kind of cool powers like Hit had that time freezing power? You mm-hmm. know, like, do they actually get powers or are they just super strong beings? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's interesting. But I think there could be a better spin on that. You mm-hmm. know, uh, also you see like, uh, was it, is it Whisk? Weiss? Weiss? Weiss yes. doesn't like shoot many beams or like power blasts. I don't even think he shot a single beam the whole series. I think he shot one at Vegeta once. Maybe he did. I mean, he, I mean, if there's one thing we need to take away from the whole God of Destruction and Angel thing, it's that we've never really seen them go all out. I mean, we've seen Goku fight against Beerus, but even in that battle, uh, Beerus didn't even come close to using like 100% of his power. Yeah, but at this time, don't you also think that these guys are most likely, like Goku and Vegeta, are definitely strong enough to face Beerus at that level at this point? It's- I think. It's very possible, especially if they do the whole fusion thing and go into the whole Super Saiyan God mode, but it's hard to say. Like, I, I still firmly believe that we haven't seen Beerus, you know, go all out, and that's... Another thing we need to bring up about this arc is that it's a tournament between the fighters, so even though we do have Gods of Destruction here, which are going to be introduced, they're, they're not necessarily going to fight, but I think if the series is smart, they're going to sort of slowly introduce a lot of these characters and show us why these Gods of Destruction are so powerful, and... My guess is they're not going to be carbon copies of, like, Beerus and Champa. I mean, obviously, from the design standpoint, they're not. Um, but I have a feeling that their personalities are going to be a little different. You know, Beerus and Champa are very easily angered, especially Beerus in particular. But I have a feeling that maybe some of these guys might be a little more lighthearted, a little more fun to be around, maybe not as serious. Like, the little the little fuzzy guy. Like, he might not be so bad. Or there, there's even this one god of destruction who's... Very difficult to see. He's very teeny. He's very tiny. He might talking about up, that one, the mouse yeah, one? Yeah, like that guy. Like, he might end up being a lot of fun. You know, the, the clown god of destruction. It's the a, fact that he's a clown. He's Fievel Goes West, you know, but he got so far along in his journey that he became a god. <laughs> and now he kills those cats with no problem. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, like, the clown god of destruction, like, you know, clearly he's he's a clown, so he might have some characteristics of that. Um, just the fact that he has kind of like the Harley Quinn thing going on too, with the fact that his pants are two different colors when compared to like some of the other gods of destruction. Um, but he also looks kind of like creepy and pissed off. I mean, you know, if you thought the whole creepy clown thing in 2016 was going away, 
guess what? It's not. It's back here in Dragon Ball Super. Wow. And, uh, you know, in the trailer, they focus on him a little bit more than the others, so I'm inclined to believe that he's going to be a little more important. But it's also got me thinking about things that, like, I never thought about before. Like, and, and this is some weird shit. Like, is this a, like humanoid being that dresses up like a clown or are we just supposed to assume that there is an alien species in the dragon ball universe that superficially resemble clowns well does that mean there's a species that represents cat people i mean yeah exactly like does beerus that's the thing since they're all so distinctive looking can we just assume that the gods of destruction are representative of whatever alien race they belong to like there could be a whole planet of like weird egyptian cat people just like beerus and champa yep that's definitely uh, something uh, something to consider. Or when Beerus became, you know, the god of destruction, he just destroy that planet. Exactly. Like he, that could be the possibility. Like all these gods of destruction, they're the last of their kind. They destroy. Maybe that's like an initiation process. Yeah, they have to. In order for you to planet. become a god of destruction, you have to finish off your planet. Why that would be a requirement, I don't know. But it would add well, a little bit of a god dark of element. destruction. You know, they yeah. have to destroy. Maybe that's their first act as the god. You know, that, mm-hmm. that that's not that crazy. Also, I think the angels are literally just to have some sort of semblance of. Uh, structure to mm-hmm. the universe, you know? Yeah. So, like, the gods of destruction can't just wipe out their whole universe or something. like. Mm-hmm. And also, if they make a mistake, the, the angels can reverse it. Exactly. So, and, and the angels themselves, they all sort of resemble Whis and Vados, just in, you know, different variations. Some of them are short, tall, fat, thin, long hair, no hair. You know, they're, just, they're all slightly different, and they're probably all going to be the sons and daughters of uh, the priest who works directly under Zeno. Do you hear that that theory that uh that Zeno is actually a decoy and that priest is actually the the you know the controller of everything? The real yeah. like leader. That is a possibility. Completely it really possible. is. Um yeah. you know, we haven't really seen anything concrete to show that that grand priest is like totally subservient even to Zeno. Like he's basically just sort of there in the background kind of hanging out and I can see that twist happening. Yeah, I saw it is that. Very possible. I saw it on Imgur and I was mm-hmm. like someone was like who thinks this guy's actually the true runner of the 12 universes, you know, or mm-hmm. was it 12 or 13 or 4 15? Uh remember. not 12. Okay, there's so many Originally different... 18. Originally 18. <laughs> Until they said that Zeno is the one who just completely obliterated everything. Yeah, he's like I don't like those anymore. Now, we do have to assume though that this, you know, Zeno has to be at least a little powerful considering what he did to the Zamas planet. Well, he could be powerful, it's just he's not smart or calculating and that's where the um the other uh, angel comes into play. Mm-hmm. But then again, he could be and because he's the most powerful angel, that's why he protects Zeno. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that crazy of a concept to think it's actually everything's yeah. on the up and up too. You know, that is true. Yeah, that makes sense. We also have the um, uh, pink elephant god of destruction. Yeah, and then we have reminds the, me of Dumbo. And then we have the Egyptian princess kind of looking. Yeah, which is good because I'm glad that we. It looks like we're going to at least have a female god of destruction. They keep they, they like the Egyptian thing, but the the uh, elephant definitely reminds me more of an Indian religion than mm-hmm. a uh, uh, you know Egyptian religion necessarily. Yeah, I mean that was definitely the vibe I initially got from when they introduced Beerus a couple of years ago, um, just because he he kind of reminds me of Anubis a little bit, just with the big ears and everything, and the fact that their costumes are slightly Egyptian looking. Yeah, they are, and, and that is uh, something that is. Uh, all the gods of destruction seem to have. They have like all the similar uniforms, despite the fact that they're all very, very strange looking. I mean, even one of them appears to be some sort of giant robot thing, which is uh, the page you're looking at right now. It is slightly obscured, but if you uh, right click that, you'll be able to see it. 
Um, not exactly the same as Magetta, and that might not even be a robot. That could actually be like a mech or a suit that the God of Destruction is wearing. Yeah, you guys see his big center area. It might be he might be inside of it. I mean, that could be fucking Krang for all we know. Krang, <laughs> but I mean, he but he's still wearing like the same like outfit, and uh, that guy right there is my personal favorite. Even though we still barely see him, there, there's going to be a Fox God of Destruction who the nine tails. I think he has two tails. Oh. Yeah, um, which is funny. What's that character from Sonic? Exactly. Tails. Tails. (laughs) Okay. Not much to that. Okay. You you know what Tails' full name is? No. Miles Tails Prower. Oh, okay. You get it? Nope. Say it to yourself. Miles Tails Prower. Something about his tails being the best or something? No, no, no. Miles Tails Prower. Oh, Miles Per Hour. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I get it. (laughs) Because he's fast. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love the Fox God of Destruction. I think, you know, again, th- when I saw the Fox God of Destruction, that's when I started thinking, man, I can't wait to see what the personalities of these characters are like. Because traditionally, in anime, Fox-type characters uh, are always like very mischievous and a lot of fun and kind of hard to read. They always have their eyes closed. Uh, so just getting to see him interact with like Beerus, I think, will be fun because I'd say he's the closest to Beerus in terms of design. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have some other weird ones, like the one that was introduced uh, first, which is that uh, like that dwarf-looking guy, who, out of all the other gods of destruction, seems the least interesting, but only because of his design, in my humble opinion. I like him. Uh, he was one of my favorites when I first started seeing the new stuff come out, and mm-hmm. also it was interesting because now we know that not everything's going to be a cat like Beerus, you know? But uh, That's the biggest relief. I was so afraid that we were just going to get a lot of variations of Beerus and Shampa. I'm so glad they're all going to be different in their own way, and I mean just... One, I still can't get over one of them's a freaking clown. Like, that is just insane. I absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, everybody who's, like, a big fan in the, uh, you know, Dragon Ball universe uh, has already kind of, like, made a video and theorized, like, what these guys can do. And and I was saying, like, maybe he has, like, clown-themed abilities. Like, he'll use balloons and shit, which I just think would be really funny. Maybe his actual fighting style is, is meant around, like, trickery and messing with the opponent and making them laugh. I just think that would be great. I, if anything, I'd love to see the clown and King Kai interacting, if only for the fact that King Kai's obsessed with shitty humor. I, I just think there's, there's so much they can do with all of these brand-new characters, and I pray that they don't rush it too much. I want to spend time with these characters and learn about them and then learn about their motivations. I want to see the Gods of Destruction uh, working in their own universe. Uh, you know, I just I don't want them to blow their load too damn early on this one because this is this does have the potential to be, like, one of the best arcs in Dragon Ball history just that, because of how crazy it is and unbridled it it's is. It's going to open up the whole world. Like, imagine Goku and Vegeta going on other, you know, universe adventures. That's exactly. one of my favorite things. Uh, Goku is going to come out of here with, like, ten, ten more friends mm-hmm. because that's just what he does. Without a doubt. Maybe even a few enemies. Uh, maybe this, this whole arc could potentially turn into something else later. But, I mean, the stakes are apparently pretty high in this one. Uh, they, they haven't gotten into it too much, but there's a good chance that, like... If these fighters lose, their gods of destruction are going to kill them and the planets they belong to. Uh, there's there's going to be big stakes here, even more so than when Beerus and Shampa were basically having their little spat. Um, and, you know, even though it's probably not going to happen, I'd still love to see the actual gods of destruction fight each other. But the series has made it clear when two gods of destruction fight, it could potentially lead to just pure destruction of everything. Yeah, because they're too powerful. Mm-hmm. And when they... Uh start trying to fight they just end up destroying everything but i do want a display of power and uh in the preview we do get to see like this this wolf guy looks awesome that's not an official image but someone made a mock-up of it but he looks so damn cool i I said he's like a ninja wolf because he's got like a big scarf on 
um, and everything, but like uh, Goku's Look, clearly wiping the floor with him. See that? Okay, yeah, I guess there is a shot of uh, of Whis. Uh, oh, this is from the preview for the next episode. Yeah, it might be the first time that Whis actually does that. Yeah, he doesn't shoot many energy beams. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm interested to see why Whis is doing that too. Either it's because he just wants to test out Goku, or he finally might have gotten to a point where he has to be forced to actually like fire me. Uh, bring up that shot of Whis doing that again. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see that. Uh, here it is. Here it is, right here. He uses his staff because that's where he gets all of his power from, pretty mm-hmm. much. Actually, Whis is probably pretty powerful without the staff, but yeah. you get the idea. And it is hard to say, but Goku knocks it away. When just standard Super Saiyan. Yeah, so that's definitely saying a lot right there. Yeah. And Gohan is back, mm-hmm. which is interesting, as well as Krillin, which mm-hmm. Krillin, we all know, is going to maybe beat one person and then get killed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get killed. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if there's going to be tournament rules about, like, if you can kill your opponent, if you can go all out. They're probably going to have some restriction, I do believe. I mean, because usually in tournament settings, they tend to do that. Unless, of course, they're just going to be like, we're, we're going cell games with this bitch. We're just kill whoever you want. Do it. Look, it um, shows you who's all going to be on the Earth team right here. I got to find that image. I'll show you that in a second. Yeah, I think they actually released a yeah they released promotional material showing. There. So here we go. So we got Master Roshi. Yeah. Of all people is going to be in this tournament, which I think is great and an awesome callback to the original series because Roshi's a pretty competent fighter. Yes, um, he is. You know, I mean, definitely he's dwarfed by a lot of these other guys. Um, but I'm glad that Roshi's going to be back. What about you? Uh, I like Roshi. I again, I kind of see him as a Krillin, kind of a joke character. Mm-hmm. I hate saying it like that because he is funny, and you know he loves panties as as well as I do. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) so we got that in common. Um, and is it confirmed that Roshi, uh, absorbed or took some immortal potions? So that's why he's not dead yet. You know, there've been multiple things in the series, like originally in Dragon Ball, supposedly he used like, I think a Phoenix or like Phoenix feathers or something. He's been claimed to make wishes drinking from the fountain of youth. In one of the most recent episodes of Dragon Ball Super, he sent Goku and Krillin after this magical marijuana, which would supposedly make him super powerful uh, or just live forever. You know, as far as I'm concerned, Roshi's just immortal at this point. They don't want to kill him, but Mm -hmm. they're also doing that right. Not making him super powerful too. There's like, he's just going to be around forever. We're not going to have the funeral of Roshi. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't see that happening. No, no, not anytime soon. And if they were going to do it, they would have done it earlier, especially because uh, Master Roshi's voice actor in uh, Japan is completely different now. Oh, really? Because unfortunately, his old voice actor did pass away a couple years ago. Um, and if you watch a lot of the Japanese version, you can definitely hear that. I, I definitely noticed it a lot more in the most recent episodes of Dragon Ball Super that actually involved Roshi. Get your mic closer, Corey. Sorry there. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. So I also think that... Uh, uh, Android 18? Andro- that, that's a 17. 17 coming yeah. back? That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, if only just to let him do something. I mean, after the whole Android saga, he didn't really do much aside from a small cameo at the end of the Majin Buu arc. Yeah, he really didn't do much, did he? Mm-hmm. But he had some really great fight scenes. Like, yeah, like uh, his fight with Piccolo was great. Definitely one of the best from the original series. Yeah. Um, and Majin Buu coming back, I think that's an obvious one. Majin Buu, you know, 
despite his actual characteristics, he's still incredibly powerful. Yeah, he's a really um, powerful character. So I'd love to see him go up against like maybe an equivalent like from another universe, like some sort of other super destructive being with like a similar personality. Yeah, I just think that'd be really fun, especially if they let them just go all out and just see their ult like all the destruction. Maybe he tra- transforms. Uh, you know, if they're allowed to like kill people or at least completely defeat them, he could turn someone into chocolate or something. I think that'd yeah. be a nice callback. Yeah. Maybe even see some new techniques. Um, T and Tien, freaking Tien Shenhan is coming back, which I think is one of the best decisions that they've made. This is a character who just, I don't know why they just decided to not use him anymore. I mean, he was like the only earthling that was even, uh, ranking on a scale. Yeah. You know, and then now they're actually using him again. And so it's hard good. to say like who's stronger, Tien or Krillin? Uh, I say Tien cause he actually continued training. That's true. I mean, he's he's a, he's much more of a dedicated martial artist, but I mean, like, we haven't really seen him do too much, and a lot of that does have to do with the fact that, you know, during the whole Saiyan saga, he was killed, and then after that, you know, he disappeared for a little bit, but, like, he was able to hold Cell at bay for a long time. Yeah, but he had to use everything. I mean, he practically died doing yeah. that. Especially considering the technique he was using, which in the original Dragon Ball series, it's supposed to shorten your lifespan. Oh, they say that so often. I know, it's ridiculous. But they like say that he used every series. It's it's like how the, the, the Mafuba technique, which mm-hmm. Roshi used to uh, to try and trap Piccolo, and then they tried to bring it back during the Zamas arc and everything. Like Originally, that technique was supposed to like drain your life force. You were supposed to die after you did Yeah, you're not supposed to survive that shit, but Trunks can just fucking learn that shit on his cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> he like watching some YouTube videos. And exactly, it, out. it does kind of diminish it a little bit. Um, but Tien is still a very competent fighter. Like he, he'll lose a fucking arm and he'll still continue to fight back with everything he has, which is why I really hope he's going to have a, a really great battle. That was uh, I'm trying to remember what Dragon Ball movie it was. Um, oh God, it was it was a bad one. It was the, uh, the I think Bio Broly. It was either Bio Broly or it was uh, no no it was Bojack. Bojack. Where they have that tournament at the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah, and he fights Trunks. Yeah. And, that and, is a great fight. Scene. Yeah, and, and at first, Tien's, like, really holding his own. Yeah. Like, he's really kicking ass. So uh, this is an excuse to kind of bring that back. And, I mean, obviously, Goku and Vegeta, I think they speak Whoa, for themselves. big surprise. Vegeta's here. Yeah, yeah what do you know? Goku's front and center. Yeah. We all know it's going to end with Goku fighting against someone who's crazy. Probably the, the clown's secret fighter is yeah. what I'm going to be guessing. You know, this isn't Shakespeare. It's Dragon Ball. Um, and then there's Gohan, which has made something of a comeback in like the last like month in Dragon Ball Super, having a lot of episodes dedicated to him, mm-hmm. and even having a surprisingly fun training sequence with uh, Goku. In one oh of the most yeah, recent when they episodes. destroy the fields. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome. I liked that. They they, they put more work into that than Goku and Hits rematch. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Android eighteen being back. That's Android nice. eighteen. Yes, yeah, she's super freaking powerful, and again, a very fan favorite character just like uh has a lot a lot more exposure than 17 um but it will be great to actually see 17 and 18 back together again if only just to see their interactions because we just haven't seen much from 17 and you know he, he's apparently a park ranger is what it is what now. happened to him didn't he get killed though like uh I'm no like what happened was like he was able to come back at the end of the cell saga and then he just sort of went off and did his own thing and then at the end of the majin buu arc when uh Kid Buu is fighting against Goku and Vegeta, like, on the other planet and everything, and they're trying to gather, like, the energy from the universe, uh, 18, or 17 is working at a park, he's a park ranger, like, and he has, like, a big shotgun, and, uh, he's yeah, there he needs to that stay. when he can shoot energy blasts. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's pointless, but, um, you know, it's part of his job, I guess, and, you know, he's kind of a lone wolf anyway, so that's probably why he likes that, but I'm interested to see how they're gonna get him involved in this arc and uh, drag him along. He might not even have a choice. They might just bring him along 
Um, and then, of course, there's my boy Piccolo. Just please don't Green's fuck new... up Piccolo in this arc. No, he, he, he had a great fight with the, the Frieza knockoff. He had an okay fight with the Frieza knockoff. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I want I want to take this back. I want, I want to, like, see Piccolo do something so crazy that Goku and Vegeta have to comment on it. Like, that was one of my favorite things about the Frieza arc when Piccolo goes back to Planet Namek and fuses with Nail and then confronts Frieza and then starts powering up. And you can, like, see Vegeta shaking, like, when did he get this strong? Yeah. What is going on? Like, Piccolo has always been, to me, one of the coolest characters from the series. And I love his techniques because a lot of the times they can be different than the other fighters in the series. The fact that he's a Namek allows him to do a lot of really crazy things. And this would be a fantastic opportunity to just bring some relevance back to Piccolo. Because, I, I mean, it, let, let's just see. Top five fighters on Earth. Goku, Vegeta, Gohan, Piccolo, and... The androids. I'm, maybe, or maybe Majin Buu. Majin Buu's definitely more powerful than the androids. Yeah. But, I mean, Piccolo is in there, man. Like, he, he was always one of, like, the guys to, you know, look out for. And even during the uh, the Cell arc, uh, one of my favorite fights is uh, Piccolo versus the very first form of Cell. Just so damn satisfying and some sexy animation. The animation's so good when I rewatched the fight scene, like, two weeks ago. I was like, damn, I wish Dragon Ball Super looked this good. Yeah, Dragon Ball at its height, man, it was just anime was made differently back then. Yeah. I think they cared about it a little bit more. Maybe? I don't know. I just think they did. They weren't. They didn't have the infrastructure to mass produce anime like they do now, Mm-mm. and that mass produ- production has simplified and cheapened animation. Yeah, and I'd know? say that during the Cell Saga, that's when like it really started picking up. Yeah, it looks in terms of the animation. And like uh, Majin Vegeta versus Goku, like that shit, it's so good looking. Mm-hmm. You watch that and you're like, what is going on? Yeah, you like know? why can't Super look this good? Super does look that good at times. It looks good in a different way. Like, it, uh, it, I, I, I like that you said that. It looks good in a different way. Yeah. But I've yet to see an episode that was like, that looks just as good as some of the Vegito shit. Vegito versus uh, Zamas fused was pretty good. It was, but it was also so short lived. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like not long at all. It was like less than five minutes. Yeah. But I mean, like, they're just, even some of the side fights, like, like I said, Piccolo versus the first form of Cell, like, I think that fight is better than anything I've seen from Super. Okay. I mean, it's just, I don't know, the movements, just the the, the, the camera angles, just, it, it really captured the, the ridiculous power of these characters. And of course, we can't forget Krillin. Well, you know, <laughs> he's trying. <laughs> I hope he beats. I, I don't one. want Krillin to turn into like a Yamcha as character. I love Krillin. He's a great sidekick character. I just want him to at least get one good, you know, fight. I mean, yeah. it's clear from the preview he's going to be using uh, the Destructo disc, but I wonder how he's planning on using. Like, that's a that's a that's the thing too. Like, I've always found interesting about Krillin. Like, a lot of people consider him like one of the weakest characters, but his Destructo disc could cut through Frieza. Yep. Like he could have technically, if he could have caught Frieza off guard, he could have potentially killed him. Yeah. And, and that also is probably why that moment where, like, after his tail got cut off, he's like, okay, I got to kill this little fucker. Right now. <laughs> you know, and that's why it happened. Um, oh, man. But, yeah. Whew. Dude, I, I think uh, this arc is going to be either complete trash or the best ever. I just don't think it's going to be. <laughs> just the opposite extremes of one another. It has to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it can't be both. I, I mean, just... they, they got to bring it on this one. I really I'm really hoping that some of these fight scenes. They try to give us, like, I know it's not going to happen, but I want them to be motivated. They're like, you know what? 
we're gonna give him a fight scene that's like One Punch Man styled, like Woo! so insane that people are going to just love Dragon Ball again. And I do like Dragon Ball Super, but I mean, you know, even when compared to Z, it's definitely just not the same thing. It's not. It's just plain not. Simple as that. I mean, you could argue that we're getting some characterization, but I mean, these characters were already fully fleshed out. So. You could also say we're stuck in nostalgia, you know? We're, yeah, we're just sort of like trying to relive the glory days. The glory days. Which, in many ways, this arc is also trying to capture that by doing like a big tournament. Yeah, we'll see if it... uh. If it actually uh, becomes that or not, but mm-hmm. you plus know. we don't even know like much about the other like that's the thing they've given us so much information like about the gods of destruction we still don't know like much about the fighters, which is really what's going to be most important about this arc. They showed off the wolf, they showed off the weird female Majin Buu looking thing, uh, you know that that's about it. I'm really interested to see what they're going to be like, and if that's how many fighters are going to be from each universe, like if you looked at the Earth's lineup team, uh-huh. there are going to be a lot of fights. Yeah, if every team has 10 fighters, yeah, that is crazy. And there's a good chance that some of the fights might involve, like, non-Earth characters, like Universe 7 characters. We might see, you know, fighters from other universes going up against each other. Which is why I also said it's important to take their time with this arc so that we can care about these fighters, their stories, their backgrounds, their motivations for what they're doing and why they're fighting for their gods of destruction. Um, I mean, for all we know, this, this, this art could go on for over a hundred episodes. Isn't that true though? It is possible. I mean, really could. I've seen crazier things and there are arcs in Dragon Ball Z that go on for an obnoxiously long period of time. Hell, look at Naruto Shippuden, the, uh, the last arc of the series, the war arc. My God, that went on for years. So who knows what they're going to do with this one. But considering how quick paced Dragon Ball Super is, I don't think it will be as long. But I do want them to take their time with it. I want to care about these people. That's the most important thing. And I'm excited. I mean, I haven't been this excited uh, for Dragon Ball Super since when the series basically began. So, just, ugh. Because that, that was one of the things, even before Dragon Ball Super was announced, like when they did uh, go, uh, the Battle of the Gods, we're like, oh man, wouldn't that be awesome to do a tournament between all the universes? Like, this is something we've all been, like, hoping for for years. That would be pretty crazy mm-hmm. if it actually goes down like that. The uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about today, if you don't mind if we swap topics, was your love of the um, franchise Resident Evil. That is right. I've finally gotten a PlayStation 4. Okay. Which is something that I've been putting off for a very long time. Just in time. time for them to put out the PlayStation 5. Exactly. They're not putting that thing out anytime soon. And if they do, I'm pissed. <laughs> They're not. Um, They're not. But I don't think I don't see that happening really. Um, but basically, the game that forced me to get a PlayStation Four was Resident Evil Seven Biohazard, which is a game that I was also really apprehensive about at first because while I am a really big fan of Resident Evil, I do agree with a lot of the fan base that the series in the last couple games has kind of gone downhill in the way that it's presented itself where it started out as sort of like the standard survival horror, limited ammo, and then transformed into essentially just a shooting gallery, just bang, bang, shoot them up. Uh, I mean, Resident Evil 6 has got to be one of the most fun, retarded games I've ever played. Like, it, you turn off your brain, you can have fun with it. But if you try to appreciate it, like, for the story and enjoying the lore of the world, you're going to be really disappointed. And it left a lot of people feeling that way. Um, and that's why I'm so glad that this brand new game has sort of gone back to the roots of the original games while also sort of reinventing it and transforming it into something different as well. Um, Resident Evil 7 is like a first-person horror like survival game, and there's less emphasis on action and more emphasis 
on exploration, solving puzzles, and managing your inventory. And it also just happens to be the most horrifying game that I've played in years. It's it's funny, like, the day the game came out, one of my good friends, Ben, picked up the game, and, like, an hour later, he called me, he's like, I had to turn the game off, man. It was freaking me the hell out. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I turned off all the lights, I started playing the game, and it got to a point where, like, I didn't want to turn around certain hallways. And I was like, damn, it's really that scary? He's like, yes, it is horrifying. And I didn't believe him at first, but next day, I get my PlayStation 4, I pick up my new copy of Resident Evil 7, I pop that bitch in, 30 minutes in, there are moments I have to pause the game and breathe. You're just it like, is, I'm not into this. It is that. In, no, I mean, I'm into it, but it's also just like, whoa, this is really taxing. I mean, it just, they are so unforgiving. And, and uh, Christian, I'm going to let you, I'm about to let you start borrowing the game. Yeah. And I don't want to give away any details. Like the first 45 minutes to an hour are, is just exhausting. And that's just the intro of the game. See, I'm very excited because I'm, I'm all about seeing what this is about. You know, I wanna... and uh, they, they just sort of throw you into this world. Um, and it's, it's way more self-contained than uh, the last game, which in Resident Evil 6, <laughs> the story is just bloated. It's just this big, like, global, like, trek around the world. Going it sounds like Metal Gear Solid with zombies. It, it pretty much is. Um, but unlike Metal Gear, the writing absolutely sucks ass. <laughs> and, that's, and that sort of brings it down a little bit. And it also takes away from the horror aspect. And uh, this one, it, it takes you to a single location. And it takes you uh, to this place in Louisiana called Nova, Louisiana. And uh, basically, that's one of the most interesting things about this game is uh, it kind of takes a lot of its roots from, like, southern gothic horror stories or even something that you would see in movies like, say, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, or maybe even, like, Friday the 13th. It's kind of, like, got that kind of feel to it. I mean, yes, there is still, uh, like, biological terror in the game. You're still going to see, like, monsters and shit. But for the most part, like, in the first part of the game... It's like surviving just against like cannibalistic maniacs, and uh, it creates a different type of tension and horror that you saw in the other games, especially because a lot of these encounters that you have with these things, you can't kill them. You can't put them down, and if you do that, you're going to end up wasting all of your ammo, which that's probably the best thing about the game is the item management. If, you're, if that's something that you're into, you're going to love this game. Um, it even brings back the item box from the original Resident Evil, where you're going to have to make sure you have the right items with you at certain times, you're going to have to sacrifice ammo for a key, or vice versa, you have to be prepared for certain encounters, and the fact that it's in first person uh, is probably the best decision I think they've ever made, and it was the thing I was most worried about, because I'm not really much of a, a first person guy, like, I don't like first person shooters that much, but I do appreciate, like, first-person adventures like Half-Life and Metroid Prime. Oh, yeah, those are great games. Love those games. This kind of evokes that feeling. The only difference is they also take away some of the perks of, like, first-person shooters. Like, you're not very fast. Your running speed is just a little bit faster than your walking speed. And you're not sprinting. Like, you're going you're gonna to see an enemy in a hallway. You're going to, like, turn around. You're going to start running. Two seconds later, they're going to grab you. Wow. And it's going to freak you out. And it's not like they just, like, they hurt you and you see, like, a little, like, red appear on the screen. Like, you will see their hand reach around, grab your face, pull you around, and then they will just start fucking you up beyond belief. Wow. And it's terrifying, man. And, like like I said, there's one scene. You know what? I don't even want to say it. Don't. Don't say yeah, it. Yeah, there, there, there's certain things that will catch you off guard. 
Um, like they'll do things in the environment. You're like, holy shit, I didn't know they could do that. And uh, it's just seeing the reactions to that for the first time is great. You know, I'm not much of a Let's Play watcher, but I love watching people play Resident Evil 7, especially when they don't know it's coming. Because there are certain scenes that 99% of the time always freak people out. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was saying my fr- uh, my friend Ben earlier, like there's one scene at the beginning. It got me really good, but it all he said that was like that was the scariest part of the game. Like I, he he dropped his controller. He didn't know it. <laughs> like he freaked <laughs> the fuck out. Um, you're even looking at uh, some of the gameplay right now, which is this is very early in the game right here. I'd say this is after the initial first hour. Um, when Just you get, barely after it, like yeah, like this oh. is probably oh. He got killed. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's traps everywhere. And my, my advice for the game, uh, Christian, when you're playing this, is take your damn time. Yeah. Uh, search everywhere. Look in every nook, every single cranny. Because there are items hidden that don't necessarily appear like, you know, like in other games, like if They'll you see be, an get item. They'll be shiny or something. Yeah, there's none of that shiny bullshit is in here. Okay. Uh, and actually, in fact, the video you're watching is for an, an extra mode they just released as DLC. Um, it's called Ethan Must Die Mode. This actually has nothing to do with the story, so luckily it's not spoiling anything. Okay. But it does use environments from the game. And it's basically What's the just, point of this mode? Um, just to survive for like a certain amount of time, I believe. Or, or just to escape from the house. Because, like, you know, I don't even want to say anything else. Like, I don't want to ruin story elements. Or, yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. that monster he was just fighting against and everything. Like, this layout of the house is similar. Um, you know, this is even... But, like, that right there was never in the main game. Okay. Yeah, like that little bit right there. Um, but it's just going to be a more difficult uh, thing that you want if you want more stuff. But, I mean, the actual game itself delivers a pretty damn good package. A lot of people have been complaining that it's a little too short. It's uh, It took me about 10 hours the first time to actually complete the main campaign, um, which I honestly think is good. I'm okay with a 10-hour campaign. You are? Yeah, I, I am. thought. What happened to forty-hour campaigns? Is that shit never existed, or is they that... do exist? But it's just like I don't know. Like I grew up in the Nintendo era where you can beat certain games in like a couple hours. Yeah, so. but that was like with the Mario thing. You could find the tubes that would take you to the last level and stuff. Yeah. That's different. But I mean, with this, you know, ten hours, it's a solid adventure. Oh, it doesn't overstay again. its welcome, and that's a good thing because a lot of the times with shooters. And with horror games, like things can get repetitive because you're just kind of always doing the same thing. Like with a shooter, like you're just you're constantly running around and doing like just shooting shit in the face. In this game, there are encounters where you have to shoot things or attack something, but a lot of the times you can just run from things if you're really like smart and like know how to make a good escape route. Which I do recommend not fighting everything. You know, if you try to take down everything with your gunshots, you're you're gonna die. It's just you you've got to haul major ass. I'm just going to shoot everything in the face and it'll work out. <laughs> that, oh, that's my other bit of advice. It, it seems a little obvious, but go for the head. That's, go for the head. Just go for the head. This isn't dead space. You don't. You can knock off limbs, though. Uh, you can incapacitate certain enemies or slow them down uh, by shooting them in the legs or the arms. But typically, like these enemies you're looking at right now, go for the head. These big, creepy black monsters, which are just... Well, they got to be black, Corey. Because they are? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They ain't blue, you. they ain't green, they ain't pink. They're black. Purple people. Purple peoples. Um, <sighs> but yeah, it's uh, it was a great first game to play on PlayStation 4. It's also a gorgeous looking game. Um, you know what game disappointed me? I'll just be 100% honest. Lay it on me. I was watching the... Uh, what was I going to say? 
I was uh, watching or playing the uh, game Last Guardian, mm-hmm. and I just can't get into it. Damn, that's a shame. Did you know it just went down in price? Did it? Of course Yeah, it did. it's only been out for like a month and a half, I yeah, believe. Because no one's buying it. I mean, it's a niche title, though. But it is a shame to see a game that like we've seen, like, they've been trying to make that game since, I think, like 2009. And it took them years, and it was supposed to originally come out on PlayStation 3, and then it finally comes out, and it does okay at best. And I know two people that own it. You're one of the two, and neither of you have beaten the game. And a lot of it has to do with simply motivation to play. It's hard to play. You know, I hate saying it like that because I wanted to love it. But at the same time, I was just very disappointed with how hard the camera angles were to use and Mm -hmm. how the AI doesn't interact as well as I would have liked it to. And I just disappointed, you know, I just sort of, I don't know. I just wanted more things to happen. I wanted it to move faster. It was just slow. And I felt like the, uh, the, the connection you have with your creature is really good. And it captured what was so fun about Shadow of the Colossus and everything. But uh, I just don't feel like that game is as good as I wanted it to be. Or maybe I am just a different gamer than I used to be back then. You know, maybe the, the Instagram, YouTube culture has made things want to happen, you know, every five minutes or else I'm just not interested anymore. Like you need you know? that instant gratification. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's that. I just was not impressed with that game as much as I wanted to. You know, I, I thought that I would just be engrossed with it. But right before I started playing that game, I replayed through GTA 5 and I still like GTA 5 like the day I started playing it. So it was like a <laughs> vastly different experience too. It is. But you know, when you, I just like open world games cause you can just play them forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just keep replaying and keep doing new things and you know, just like your elder scrolls or other things like that. Are you interested in this one right here? The, uh, the horizon, horizon zero, zero dawn? dawn. Yeah, I am interested cause it's an open world game mm-hmm. and you get to shoot stuff and take yeah. down robot T-Rexes. What's yeah. not, what's not to like about that? No, that sounds fucking awesome. I mean, yes. Oh, you know, man. that's why I'm, I'm, you know, just as excited for the upcoming Zelda Breath of the Wild. Not only is it a new Zelda game, but it's an open world Zelda game. So, and you could take it on the go, too. It's, it's going to be great. Dude, I'm so pumped about that. No, not really, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Corey. I'm, I'm fucking ecstatic. You are? Yeah. <laughs> are you ecstatic about... Um, don't even say it. Transformers, The Last Night? No. Are you excited don't, don't about give a Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins is going to be in it. I know. What? What Did he need money that bad? <laughs> Wasn't he just in the, the Marvel movies where he should have made bank? Does he really need to be in the fucking Transformers movies? And in Westworld? You know what I don't like either? It's like they, they feel like they need to put actors like Anthony Hopkins and uh, all those people in these Transformers movies to give them like credibility. No, you don't. Just make a cool movie with robots fighting that don't involve any humans. But no, that's just the way they got to do things. Woo, man! They do oh, that man. a lot, though, for a lot of these big Hollywood movies. They try to get like a, an old school kind of A list actor to bring just credibility to it. Does that work? That's why you got Robert Redford in Captain America: Winter Soldier. <laughs> I don't think that works. Actually, I, well, it kind of worked in that case, but I mean, those movies are vastly different from even the Transformers, despite the fact that they're kind of cut from the same cloth in many ways. You got Samuel L. Jackson in that series, which oh, is pretty yeah. good. You know, he's he always. I don't think they're ever going to kill off that character, even though they keep trying to. With Nick Fury, yeah, it's 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 tough. I'm actually surprised he still hasn't even gotten his own movie. That's a good point. Like, why is that not a thing yet? I mean, is it just because of how they've written the the whole thing with Shield and everything? But like, fuck that. Who cares about Shield? Just give me a 
a Nick Fury movie. Did you see this? Just call it Fury. (laughs) Michael Bay has announced that uh, Last Night is his final Transformers movie. Oh, thank God. That doesn't mean it's the last Transformers movie. It's just the last movie he's going to work on. That's okay. Like I said, I'd I'd like a Transformers movie to work. I want it to work, too. You know? I mean, if... If I really, you know, I always like to say, like, if I were going to go back and reboot these movies, like, my Transformers movie would be, like, a complete homage to the original. I would even set it during the 1980s. Wow. And I would make it all about the Transformers themselves. No humans at all. You know, I might even make it an animated film, just to the fact that you can get away with the whole stupid you know, humans being around and everything. Because for some odd reason, they just feel there needs to be a human element in those stories because people need to be represented in stories. That's why the robots fucking talk. That's why they have human characteristics. That's the whole point. Like, they're not like, you know, happy birthday Polly robot. (laughs) (laughs) They're fucking like, they're they're anthropomorphic with uh, personalities and voices and backstories. They already are humanized. We don't need humans in this story. Um, but I don't think that's ever really going to happen. Dude, are you pumped about Iron Fist? You know I'm pumped about some Iron Fist. I know, a Netflix original series. I know. It's going to be starting when? Uh, March? March? That's in no time. I think it's uh, March 17th is when they're going to start. Yep, 13 episodes released on March 17th. Iron Fist. I'm really excited to see if they're going to have the balls to give him his costume. They're going to. Maybe I mean, not till the for, end of the season, but yeah. not for the end of the not maybe not till the end of the season. But of course, his his costume is not as elaborate as uh, Daredevil's. So no, no, it's just a dude in like what a yellow shirt and a black mask or something. Uh, he, I forget. He mostly has like yellow and green. Um, he kind of looks like Bruce Lee a little bit. He's got like um, the Bruce the Lee. The actual mask that he wears is kind of similar to what uh, Daredevil's original costume in the first series looked like. Kind of Zorro esque, mm-hmm. um, except that unlike Daredevil, he actually has like eye holes. But he's mostly like green and yellow is kind of the color scheme that Iron Fist goes for. Um, he's got that dragon thing. Oh yeah, the, the 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 dragon fist. That's like a part of his whole power and everything. Like he channels that power into his fist for like a super powered punch. Hence Iron Fist. Oh, mm-hmm. never heard of that before. No, channeling all your power into one punch. Yeah. It's very original. It actually predates though. Um, Most a, things. A lot of anime, though. That's probably true. Then, okay, then, I feel bad. I said that. Mm-hmm. Everyone else ripped off Iron Fist. That's what really happened. <laughs> it's a possibility. It was at least inspired by it. No, that's absolutely a possibility. Yeah. So you know, it, we've gone. Uh, well, how do you feel about Trump being president, Corey? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> How in the hell am I supposed to navigate that right there? Everyone what wants was that? To... How did we segue into that? I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, so you're, I'm you're not fine a poli- with it. I'm not a political guy, and I don't care about the it. The Powerful Nerdcast is about politics. Okay, that's why oh it's called God. the Powerful Nerdcast. It's a powerful political nerdcast. Oh, God. <laughs> way, past, <laughs> way past the point of caring on this. I, I actually completely agree. Yeah. Just, no. I was just trying to throw you under the bus there. <laughs> I think I did a pretty good job, actually. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty darn good job. <sighs> Do you see the new Ghost in the Shell trailer? Um, no. There's a new Ghost of the Trail show trailer? It's it's more of a preview for the Super Bowl that's coming out this weekend. Rise up, Atlanta! Oh, God. Rise up, Falcons! Oh, God. We, we live in Georgia, so we hear that all the time. 
You turn on the radio. That's all you hear. You drive around. You see these merchandise buses, which are everywhere, selling all of this unofficial Falcons merchandise, which is hilarious. Um, But they have a lot of uh, these Super Bowl trailers and commercials, which are getting ready to start airing, and they released one for Ghost in the Shell. And despite the fact that the film has garnered a lot of controversy behind... All right, guys. Well, we're all excited about Ghost in the Shell, just like everything else that we've been talking about today. But it is time for us to get out of here. But before that, Corey has a message from our sponsors. Not exactly, but basically (laughs) what I just wanted to say. Thank you guys for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Um, As always, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear your topic ideas. If you have any questions uh, pertaining to any of the topics we had today or just something you want to hear from us, please let us know. We'd really appreciate that. I'd also like to thank uh, Rogue Intel. They're the guys who freaking make this show possible. They're awesome. They have a lot of great podcast shows, and there's a lot of great ways you can support them. Today, we talked about Dragon Ball and Resident Evil, and if you guys want to pick those up, I recommend going to Amazon, and you should use Rogue Intel's Amazon link. So make sure to check out the other shows at RogueIntel.com, and if you want to help keep the network moving along and creating these awesome shows, make sure to use the RogueIntel.com slash Amazon for all of your shopping needs. If you're lucky, you might find yourself an NES Classic, a Nintendo Switch, a brand new deluxe edition of Resident Evil 7, a game which I highly recommend. You'll be able to pick up that game at a really great price, and you'll be supporting all of these amazing shows. So please make sure to do that. Christian, do you have anything else for us? I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening to the Powerful Nerdcast. And until next time, we're out.